0: It's 1159 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle
1: Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Gearwebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches every Friday. is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at Gearwebsites.com.
0: Thursday, Firearm Travel and the Gun Show Loophole Tour. On Thursday, we explore the gun shops, shows, and firearms museums we have visited. Since 2016, we have traveled over 60,000 miles through 29 states to visit over 200 gun shops and more than 30 firearms museums. We'll also take a look at 2A rallies and gun shows from all over the United States.
1: and welcome everybody to our daily gun show Come to you live every week night at midnight eastern and then we talk about guns for an hour every day of the week we have or each day of the show we have a different theme or topic and on thursdays like dj just said we talk about training and travel so as i was driving in we're late tonight so as i was driving into the show thinking about what the topics would be tonight uh since travel and training are the topics of thursday and we have two interesting events happen in this weekend and we've got uh friends that are traveling to those two different events as we speak or at least are probably wherever they're going or on route that's what we're going to end up talking about both the travel and the training aspect of what's going on this weekend so we've got the screen open here we usually uh, do this thing as a podcast, uh, an audio podcast, I guess I should say. But uh, we've got the screen available, and right now we're looking at the Gunshow Loophole Tour website. And we're about to dig into the poll we got over here. So far, nobody's showing up live, but we do have a uh, about a third to a quarter of the screen over here that is devoted to people that show up live and participate in the live conversations. Big part of the way we do our content online. Figure it's more authentic, more real to do it live uh, without scripts and without uh, crazy agendas other than to share what our second amendment protects and uh, motivate others, I guess, and uh, do that in a way that informs anybody who might wanna do this stuff for a good reason. So on Mondays we look at uh, behind the scenes, talk about how we do this kind of stuff. On Tuesdays we look at Second Amendment focused stuff. Each week is a different state. Wednesdays we have a little fun. We have the tactical quiz. And on Thursdays we talk about travel and training. Wednesday or Fridays, we wrap it all up and we talk about the industry. Now uh, that's all we do on the on the daily gun show, but then on the big channel we do the ask gun questions on Saturday. And then on Sundays, we wrap up the week on Instagram, looking at uh, focus on things that Second Amendment protects and those that have that focus, mostly content from those that have that focus. All right, so tonight we've got a uh, thumbnail for the video that is some patterning of some shotguns, which is a result of some training, some uh, training in the past and some from what's the word like I want to say familiarization maybe it's familiarization but some uh going back to that training and uh uh readdressing it or uh, I can't think of the word and then uh going back and taking the tools out and running them through the paces to uh recalibrate get back on board get see how sharp you are So I didn't do this. I don't like shotguns. But uh, one of the reasons I'm late, we were over there talking about shotguns. Can't get away from shotguns. And uh, that's what we use for thumbnail tonight. But we're going to be talking about the NRA show and uh, no other choice, train and learn. Uh, Let's see. Is here, clicked on like and watch later in case of you disappear. Where am I going? Uh. I don't think I'm going anywhere. But uh, I guess I do have some pretty bad internet right now. Knock on wood, seems to be doing okay. It has gone down to two bars, but it's pretty much stays consistent. I think it's working. Am I, is this whole thing working this whole time? I guess I really don't know. All right, so we're going to go back to the video itself, which is somewhere here, isn't it? I guess not. So we're going to go back to the video itself i going to scroll back up to the top of the channel. You would think that it would show you your live video right now. I think it does if I don't own the channel, but I'm logged into this channel right now. So we're going to go to the video. It is episode 130, and then it's actually supposed to be 9. However, uh, DJ alerted me that I didn't I don't recognize. The channel, right oh, there we go. So now I know so it's working. Go right. It is episode. All right. When you shut up, right? so uh i forgot that it was yesterday was episode 1308 so we're calling this one 1308 plus one so that we acknowledge the 308 and how good it is so why don't we do that real quick uh if we were to look at the calendar which we can do real quick also head over to ask i mean guncalendars.com where we archive our firearms history daily and we go down to today And we see that, well, if it didn't already move on to yesterday because of where the server is, click. It's uh, John Wayne's birthday. So if you're still in Thursday and you haven't turned it over to Friday yet, then it's John Wayne's birthday. You can watch a John Wayne movie today. But tomorrow, Friday, we've got the guy who invented the super soaker. Invented or patented the super soaker. That was in 1986. We got the NRA Annual Meeting we're about to talk about, and we got the No Other Choice, chain and Learn. So if we were to look at the calendar, we'd see the two events we're gonna talk about. Uh, we're also gonna take a look at them from our tour website, where we document our adventures, and then we'll look at them from a couple other websites where we document different elements of what we're talking about tonight. There we go. So if we wanted to look at the video from tonight, We can also look over here at the poll. It doesn't look like anybody has answered the poll yet, but over live. Um, Where would you go this weekend? Train and learn, NRA, annual meeting and events, or some, uh, come on, man, you know the thing. All right, so if we go look at the history of 308, where should we look at 308s? Boy, oh, yeah, I need to drink some water. I'm super dehydrated. We got the Barrett Rifles doing a complete guide to 308 rifles. That's interesting. Budget reviews and complete guide. I wonder why Barrett is putting that out. Then we got AmericanFirearms.org, 14 best 308 rifles. Then we got 308 rifles for sale from a website. Bear Creek Arsenal, I'm guessing those are for sale. Another store for sale. Then some ammo. There's uh, Gunmetal. Good evening. Then we got some, uh, yeah, just some comparison stuff. So nothing about history. So I'm going to type in 308 history and see what we get. So now we have a brief history from, uh, is that a, I don't know what that is. A brief history from some website, and then we have something called historyandheadlines.com, a history of the story of a powerful cartridge. Well, the NRA show is going off, cannot get there, but looking for some video on it, I would like to be able to identify new corporate logo, gun boxes, pistol case logos. I don't know what that means. I would like to be able to identify new corporate logo, gun boxes, pistol case logos. Okay. I think Clover, if you're asking for specific or if you're interested in specific coverage, Clover's taken a list. Here's the problem. Um, Clover's list is like basically you take the entire list of everyone that'll be there and you erase like two or three and then everything that's left on the list still is what he's going to try to hit because he's got a lot of stuff on his list. It's Too much stuff on his list really. It's crazy. But he suggests he's going around telling people he'll look at whatever people want him to look at. So if you ask him to look at that stuff, he's probably already got it on the list, but he'll probably add it to the list too if you don't. Uh, one that Around that won the world sixty-five years ago? What? How the three oh eight became so great, the shooter's log from cheaper than dirt. Happy three oh eight day. Why three oh eight is still relevant? Guns.com. So that would have been March eighth, I guess. American Rifleman. I guess we'll go there. Well, at the NRA since it's their weekend. Oh, well, it's not their weekend. They're doing a Memorial Day weekend. It's their weekend, but NRA will be doing stuff this weekend. This is an article from. Oh, well, it was an article from January of this year, so it's a recent article. NATO, and 308 Winchester history and performance. So since we are uh, on episode 308 plus one. Basically, we're on episode 308 yesterday, and I forgot about doing this. Uh, we're going to take a look at the 308 cartridge because I like ammo, and who doesn't like knowing about more about ammo? So we all know the 308 and 762 by 51 are the same thing. So it looks like everyone, I mean everyone, from hunters to Marines to soldiers who have carried a rifle in the field want ones that weighs less than nothing, is powerful enough to get the job done, and doesn't recoil too much. Well, I guess that's true. This, especially with the case of development of the 762 by 51 NATO cartridge and the M14. I don't know about all that. I don't think to me, I don't know anybody really that liked the M14. I know that people who never touched one like them, but people that carried them around don't really like them. Beginning of the Cold War and the formation of North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which is what we call NATO nowadays. Uh, let's see, Warsaw Pact. I don't know guys talking about ammo. Exactly. Beginning of Cold War and formation in North Atlantic, whatever to do. Cold War or the Warsaw Puppet Nations. Logical issue since the cartridges for their small arms. Uh, since many of the NATO allies using. Okay, so in 1949, everybody's using different ammo. I guess is what they're saying. Adopting a new cartridge, an improved cartridge that would be standardized by all the NATO allies, meant the logistics of ammunition could be greatly reduced. So everybody was like, yeah, let's do that. Thus, the 1950s, a new standard rifle cartridge was developed for use by all the NATO allies, which would become 762 by 51 So in the 1940s, utilizing the 300 Savage. Savage is an awesome story. You should learn about that. If you haven't heard the story of Savage, he's pretty cool. 300 Savage, which has nothing to do with Savage, by the way. I'm pretty sure that has that's just a cartridge that the company came up with after. I don't think uh, the dude had anything to do with it. I don't know. Pretty sure he's dead by 1940s. Um, 300 Savage as a base model were conducted at the Frankfurt Arsenal, rather than making these experimental cart cases from 300 Savage. A lighter, wait. An even shorter, lighter case could be made by shortening a 30-odd-6 Springfield, which makes a lot more sense. The designation of this case was the T-65. And a new series of experiments continue to provide data that would eventually become what we're talking about. So basically, the 7.62 by 51, or the 308, is just a 30-odd-6 NATO cut down and shortened. Beginning with the T-65 at 47 millimeters, see? As soon as millimeters came into it, it got ruined. It uh, would be lengthened to 49, and then I'm guessing it would be eventually lengthened to 51. Further refining, blah, 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 and then you get a foul. Foul's are pretty cool. i owned a foul for a little while. They're super heavy, but they're neat. They're sort of thrown one for a minute. Super heavy. Did I mention how heavy they are? They are not lightweight guns. They are not lightweight. For the 20 rounds you can put in them, it's like dragging around a whole pickup truck to have 20 rounds, but they're neat for a minute. And if you got an unlimited budget and space, they'll probably be awesome. And there's a lot of them. You could own a lot of fouls and not have all of them. There's a lot of fouls out there. It's the right arm of the free world. I know, huh? Did not get a notice for the live. That's because we ask YouTube to put it on the down low. It's just for the people that we want to know. You kind of know the knock, let's say. You know what I'm saying? Wink, wink. Uh, But y'all are welcome. Thanks for joining. Anybody hear anything about the bread uh, carving for USA? No. Measuring in millimeters makes babies cry. It does. It hurts babies in a lot of ways because babies don't know nothing about numbers yet. And when you start giving them millimeters and metrics, you know, they're going to cry. All right. It became apparent that soon the M14 uh, Blah blah wasn't so good and it was too good for everybody or it was too big for everybody, I guess and then Springfield Army is like, oh, you know what I can do and then Performance of the round was satisfactory. This was Springfield Army when it was actually Springfield Army, by the way Don't be fooled by the name Springfield Army, which is now licensed to a company that stabbed a uh, Illinois gun owners and well gun owners in the entire country and the gun industry in, in Illinois in the back uh, intentionally and without remorse and now they pay people to sell their shit and nobody can nobody complains about it uh the cartridge wasn't the problem a uh, high performing battle rifle capable of designating marksman rifle see i would think that there's people that are going to have a, a problem with that because that's not necessarily how good that rifle performs uh blah 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 oh and then you got your 1919 let's not forget about that so that one's pretty awesome. A machine gun that the US had relied on during World War II in Korea. So you've got the uh, basically a little square box with a barrel coming out of it that's belt fed, shoots uh, the uh, 762 by 51s. When that thing got a little bit too much for everybody, or actually not even, they just made another one and they called it the M60. That also shoots 308. Fun gun to shoot, very heavy, but it's fun gun to shoot. I guess that came around in 1957. Next we have um, the saw, which is people like it. Um, I guess it's the 240 in 7.62 by uh, 51. I know a couple of people that own saws. They can't stop talking about how great they are, but they're like five grand. So what are you gonna do? I guess they also, 308 also goes in the Dillon M134, which is an electronic, uh, electronically powered Gatling gun, which makes it a mini gun. Uh, Dillon is here in Arizona, so we see those quite a bit. The ones that pop out of the roofs of suburbans, like a uh, limousine looking armored car suburban, those things will uh, pop a Dillon 308 out the, out the top, off the sunroof. Guess i've shot those twice now you can shoot them sometimes at uh, up in phoenix at the um what's it called the game the game in fish arizona game and fish puts on a a day and it usually can so I, I don't know if it intentionally or unintentionally coincides with big sandy so you can drive up to big sandy and shoot the villain on the way to big sandy if you really wanted to um you've got the m40 whatever that is oh that's just a bolt action gun from remington i think that makes uh or that the marines used in 1966 and then you got the mark 13 and then uh they start using 338 lapua and other crazy calibers after a while else we got? How about some actual information about the 308? They tell us a whole bunch about the different guns. Hand loading is no different. Yeah, okay, great. So I guess their history of it is really just what guns it's in. So big deal. Thanks, Dave Campbell. Does I know who Dave Campbell is? Tell me didn't do enough about history in this to suit me. Three paragraphs at the beginning, and then it's just all, here's the guns, here's the guns, here's the guns, here's the guns. Here's the guns. All right. Well, so that's all we're getting because of Dave. He didn't give us good enough history. So I don't prepare things. It was up to Dave to prepare that. So let's remember that yesterday was episode one three oh eight, and today is 1308 plus one. All right. And now we can dig into the rest of the show. It is Thursdays, and on Thursdays, as I mentioned, we talk about travel and training, and I'm going to close the Daily Gun Show because we don't need that anymore. We have the gun show loophole tour open and i don't know why i have it open here i was gonna go back and look at the last time we went to nra would have been 2010. i haven't gone to nra in a while because i don't really like going to nra show it's pretty lame so uh the nra show i don't have any pictures of it but we went to north carolina charlotte north carolina to uh visit the nra show in 2010 and back then i still liked it um it is it, it's it's a interesting event it's the nra's it's the nra's get together for the meeting for the members there's lots of different get togethers and meetings during the annual meetings and you can go there for training and by training you can go there for I don't know something about shotguns or how to clean probably, or maybe how to sport shoot better or how to teach kids better or how to be a range off safety officer better. There's like a lot of training typically. And, you know, they'll coincide that with the meetings. Now nowadays they may slim that down or may change that a little bit. Can you hear that cricket? Is that cricket coming through the microphone? Cause it's driving me nuts. Um, They've got uh that's about a bunch of different seminars and things now there are sometimes almost always an air gun range because you can set up an air gun range in any big room really so they'll usually have some kind of air gun uh, ranges or range there, like a large room with ranges so i think it's more than just putting hands on triggers i think they actually have events going on and it might be something like you come up and and shoot for you know competing against everybody else who shows up or it might be uh, some actual matches that are going on or both even, I'm really not sure. So there's that, that happens. And, uh, as far as training, I think that might, Oh, no, wait, what am I trying to think? Is there any other kind of training that's going on there? Um, I know that some of the organizations that would show up, at least back in the day, WOMA, the women's outdoor media association, they may or may not still be in existence. I really don't care. They uh, used to have some seminars slash trainings there. Some of the first, well, some of the reasons we decided not to go into professional journalism and professional product reviews is after attending some of the training at NRA meetings. And then, uh, what else is going on? I don't think that's about, I think that's probably about the extent of the training, although there might be. I might be missing something. I'm, I can't say because there's usually pretty big events. The one in Houston this weekend is supposed to have 50,000 people. And although most people are going to show up just to look at all the different booths, see kind of the stuff that's at SHOT Show, basically, um, that's probably what most people are showing up for. There's still going to be a ton of people, even if only 1% goes to something else that's thousands of people or at least a 1,000 people or something that are going to be going around. Or is that 2,000? I'd have to do the math hundreds of people for darn sure are going to be going around. Um, yeah, I put around some diatomaceous earth. Is that what it's called? Hopefully that'll kill that cricket eventually. But right now, he's just chirping away. Uh, he's inside my house. Too. There's nothing I can do about it. I turned all the lights on and he still doesn't give a shit. All right. So in addition to the training there, the... Uh, NRA show will have the exhibits and the exhibit or they'll have seminars. They'll just have get togethers and people complain about whatever they'll say stuff. And to like larger and larger audiences, the, the training would probably be smaller rooms, um, rooms in the uh, convention center or wherever it's held will be divided up and divided up and they'll just be small, like the room in a small movie theater or something. And then they'll have some larger and larger rooms for the bigger more interesting or more stuff that's in more demand and now in SHOT Show that would be stuff to talk to like gun shops or something and then the smaller rooms might be like how to set up your online store which you know fewer gun shops are interested in and then there might be the general meeting which is in the biggest auditorium for the full you know attendees or something and NRA will do something like that they usually have a media section set up in the center, sort of a giant stage. And at least even back in the day, and I've seen the pictures since then, but back in the day, they even, it was radio was sort of the emphasis, even though the internet existed, they were ignoring it still in 2010. So they'd have their radio shows set up in the center, kind of on a stage that was maybe three or four steps high. So you could get on that stage and see the entire show. You could keep an eye on the entire show from there. And I imagine that also means that you could get somewhere in the entire show and see. Right on. Um, So you could stand on that stage and look around, but I'm assuming it was also so that people could see the stage. But anyway, so it's up in the air and there's the radio show hosts and then whoever guests would be on there. So as you're walking around the show doing your thing, you'll eventually walk past the radio show once in a while that's happening in the middle. And then it'll be different guests up there talking to them. And I can remember things like the NRA Wine Club and stupid crap would be uh, getting interviewed because in 2010, everybody was oblivious to laws or whatever. Nobody gave any darn about it. So nobody was concerned and nobody was complaining about nothing. Uh, just your general doom and gloom the sky's fallen but no no calls to action or no resistance to anything in 2010 which is another reason i decided not to keep going it was really just another uh giant sales venue uh so now that's uh i'm not sure what else changed since then they'll have it in houston this time around of course with all the stress of the last couple of years it's weird and because of all the um You know, media constantly creating attention and never letting someone who does something horrible like that ever die. They're going to be infamous forever. Uh, You know, they create these situations, and more likely they create these situations to coincide, or the people that want to become infamous figure they, you know, got a better chance of doing it if it coincides with something. So now I don't know how many times now we've seen something like this coincide with an actual, you know, predate the meeting by just a few days or weeks so we're seeing people back out because they feel it's the I don't know thing to do like the optics they want for their company or whatever but then also we've got people who are concerned because of the last stress or whatever about how they think science works or who they think is going to perceive how they think science works and some of those countries from overseas weren't going to show up because of that and the cost now so we've got multiple layers of issues on top of issues so if they're gun shy to use the pun about doing something in in light of you know the media's attention or the politicians suggestion that all gun owners are responsible for the acts of an individual the consequences of you know heinous atrocities are that everyone should lose rights and uh, some people don't want to confront that i guess so they they're not going to show up but like i say you've got the people that are probably thinking how much it costs in gas and how much they're going to need as far as keeping resources for whatever they perceive the future to be and uh if they're thinking too dire you know everything's dire and you know they're not going to consider participating in the now because they think the future's going to end or something so they're going to not want to squander resources i'm sure a bunch of them are thinking that then you got some that just probably can't that just don't have the resources to travel to it now if you've got a large enough amount of stuff for people to bring there's no way it costs you know well you, it's not like it costs less to fly so either way you fly either way you go it's going to cost you something extra to fly now it's going to cost you something extra to drive now and i'm um, i i do not know uh, i gave a link to a couple of people so we'll see if anybody shows up but we'll talk to them after the show for sure and find out if hotels cost more but let's assume hotels cost more too so if you're talking additional costs than normal that's possibility that people aren't going to show up for that so it's going to be an interesting show and we'll see if um, uh, well what becomes of it I just saw today on what's his faces videos that actually a couple of people were suggesting that the uh, things are going to be protested or whatever And we've seen that happen. Oh, I'm trying to think of how many years now. At least in two, whenever the last time they were in Indiana, not the last time, but the time before that, they had um, that happen. Cause I know Haas went out there and took video of them. And Smicky might remember that one. um, Cause that was in Indiana, but that was probably two times ago or maybe even three times ago in Indiana. There was a big something happening maybe it was in 13 it might have been 13 and they decided oh we're gonna uh, get all mad about the fact you're still having your thing and we're going to protest it and they showed up for sure they showed up for maybe 15 minutes or 20 minutes and they, they they arranged themselves on some stairs took their photographer and stood in a way so that you'd have people on the ground maybe 25 feet in front of the stairs. And then you'd have people on that first step or two, maybe 10, 15 people or five people, whatever. And then you'd have people maybe on three steps higher than that. And then, you know, five or six people, and then maybe a couple of three people higher than that. And then they would stand in an angle to make that look like there was people in a crowd uh, up and down a hill. So they were creating some angles and some pictures. And from the angles that we were getting video, we could tell that they were at first, we thought maybe they were doing something, but then we could figure out what they were. Then we saw what they were doing. And then after, of course, we could see the pictures that they posted with the suggestion that, you know, a bunch of people showed up and what they did when in reality, we had video of them showing up, getting out because we were live, getting up, showing, you know, getting out, doing their thing. And then leaving and i don't know if he had the whole thing live or if we were just there for the whole thing live oh maybe i am i thinking of kentucky but i know that we you know i think someone even may have set up a camera with a tripod and we were able to just watch the entire thing take place and from those angles because they were across the water or something So from those angles across the water, you could tell that they were spread out and that their camera people were way far in front of them because we were looking from the side. And um, anyway, so that was interesting. So we'll see if they do something like that or if they go crazy and think that the way to go is to, you know, do something weird. But I highly doubt that since uh, it just doesn't seem like uh, anybody would win with anything like that or... Uh, there'd be much to gain anywhere other than chaos, maybe, or uh, yeah, just about chaos. Uh, went to Atlanta also, but don't remember a counter-protest, that one. Yeah, normally their pro- counter-protests show up, take place, and leave, and no one gets to see it because it's 20 minutes long, and all they do is post it on a few places where their donors are so that their donors can see that they've taken action and that they're counting coup only thing is they're coming up and counting coup when everybody's napping you know so nobody else knows they're actually doing it which i don't know if that counts but it counts to their donors all right so then uh that's one of the things that's happening this weekend we've been chatting for an hour about the nra show they don't pay us nothing NRA does bring in $345 million. The organizations that everybody suggests would replace them bring in, if they are lucky, $16 million. Now, yes, there is the one in Colorado that brings in, that brags about bringing in $16 million a year and does absolutely nothing for the industry. So, yes, if that organization would finally have some morality and leave, then that $16 million would be left back to the community to do with as they please and they may decide to throw some of that money at the Gun Owners of America it's been doing great work or Second Amendment Foundation that it has been doing work or the Firearms Policy Coalition which has also been doing work or one of the other organizations that are out there and that would be great however that 16 million would not bring anywhere near the 345 million that the NRA is using uh, for activism and for the infrastructure, really. So activism might be triggering for some people, because I'm not even getting behind that. That was probably a bad word. But the, are um, a bad choice of words, they're definitely creating infrastructure. Now, you can definitely find errors and problems with the way they spend that cash, but it's only millions. You know, out of the 345, it's just a few million that they're screwing around with. So, yeah, you can get all upset about that especially when the whole budget of the FPC is just a couple of million dollars. But you could also learn about how money is and how scale works and realize that when you're dealing with 345, when you screw around with two of them, it's not that big a deal because you're dealing with 345. And that's just a different situation. So you can continually get caught up in the glitch or you can realize that those $16 million organizations can't possibly have a clue What it's like to deal with $345 million worth of infrastructure and 150 years worth of existence and 5 million people in membership, which spread the spectrum beyond the young, aware, hip, trendy youngsters who are members of the other organizations for the most part. Uh, so anyway, since we know the NRA show is coming up, and I don't even know where I was going anymore, I'm getting bored. So the so the NRA show is coming up, and we're going to see what happens over there. We also have this weekend the train and learn. So one of the things at train and or so one of the uh, things that's going to address both of our topics today would be uh, training and. Travel going to train and learn we've got uh, Tony driving the train or no. He's flying. Oh, is he driving? No, I think he's flying up train and learn and then uh, Locked and loaded they're driving. They've been posting a couple of pictures along the way. I did a video on the mingle earlier today on the big channel and uh, that's a Female gun industry training and skill building uh, opportunity that happens once a year. It's an annual event that's been going on for many years. They just had it and uh, just did a video so you can go watch that. But towards the in the middle of that video maybe, uh, I'm talking about the website for the Mingle, and it's a 70-something participants that show up in Georgia for the couple of days' worth of event. And then uh, it's called the Mingle. A portion of it is engineered, um, time to network to to actually mingle and then uh, there's a portion of the website that encourages people to uh, post and to tag the event as they're traveling to the event at the event and then as they're traveling home from the event and then they incentivize that with some fun so uh, i thought that was pretty cool and i don't know if kd does that i haven't seen that but i'm not saying i've read the entire. Everything on every website that he's got over there, but that element of it is pretty cool. So there's this concept that locked and loaded is driving. If I was going, I'd be driving. Other people, if they were going, they may drive depending on the amount of ammo and the amount of stuff you're bringing, the amount of time you're going to be there. You know, it's probably advantageous. Or if you're interested in road tripping, you know, it's 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 an excuse to do that. But I would imagine for cost and stuff, it's probably pretty similar to drive versus. Uh, fly with as much weight as we're talking about. Although if you're a uh, competition shooter and you fly with that stuff, let me know. Maybe I'm crazy. I do know some people that fly with guns all the time. Now they'll almost always fly with guns and not ammo. They'll get ammo when they get there because of weight. But uh, again, when you're talking, I don't know what stuff costs nowadays and how it is, how much ammo they actually need at the event, but Anyway, we know some people are driving and some people aren't. But even if you're flying, you can still document, you can still take pictures, you can still tag uh, and then um, share the experience of traveling to the event. So unless you live right outside the gate of the place, you're traveling to the event. And since everyone's adventures are going to be different, that's uh, an element that's, I don't know, like Clover would say, a bridge or a um, mortar between the blocks. If uh, you are interested or you, at least for the moment, are interested in your rental vehicle or your uh, vehicle that you're driving there or the carpool vehicle that you're getting there in and do some videos about that or have that as B footage or use that on your other channels as uh, content, then you're creating that, that bridge between people's areas of interest out there. So there's just that's just the vehicle, but think about all the other aspects of travel. Reviewing the hotels, reviewing the uh, restaurants. I like to review restaurants when I travel. Uh, Reviewing just local areas, you know, maybe things that are interesting along the way—truck stops, or um, well, I guess they're called truck stops, but you know, the um, different—I'm trying to think of the word—the things along the way, like the giant ball of string, or the hotels that are all TPS or something. You know, the uh, the different uh, tourists spots uh then there's just the interesting stuff big gun shows you might pass along the way uh depending on the calendar big gun shops you might pass along the way ranges all those are opportunities to experience things in other aspects of the gun community if you are traveling to san antonio for example they've got a bunch of shotgun ranges there that are epic and i've driven past them a bunch of times and i've just never I knew they were there a couple of times, kind of vaguely. I didn't know how impressive they were. I probably should have spent time there, but I've never taken the time to uh, Mosey east of San Antonio or west, I guess, of San Antonio in order to uh, check those places out. But, um, you know, that's the kind of thing if you're uh, traveling, you can incorporate that, take an extra day or make it. Um, loop into a weekend or something so you can take some extra days to uh hit some of that road attractions yeah that's what i was thinking of things uh gunmetal saying I'm in the dallas area i would like to go but company just got bought out so there's a meeting this weekend and all the craziness the holiday oh well that's lame Um, I can tell you that you're not missing much. It's a super crowd. If it's the slowest one ever, it was going to be like they were in 2009 where not that many people showed up or like what it's like on a Sunday when nobody shows up. So you can, you know, I'm assuming it's going to be slow. I can't imagine it's going to be busy. The only way it could be busy is if they put it in a really small location and they overbooked it or something and then it did get crowded, but I mean I've seen it get crowded when people are buying tickets or whatever you have to get like a ticket to get in or whatever it's free we have to wait in this line so um, actually I don't even know why they wait in line you don't really get so if you go there I don't think you need to wait in line just go in but uh, maybe you have to wait in line I don't know but we would get press 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 passes and we just went to a different line I guess but not so much a different line Is just go into this office, get the press pass, and just go right back in. But anyway, except for the line where people wait in to get in, which, again, I'm almost positive they're just doing that because everybody else is. I don't think you need to. Um, then uh, uh, there's no crowd. It's just a giant building with a bunch of people walking around. And since, I don't know, maybe there's something going on, maybe, like, some fancy shooter or some pretty person or some like great military person is gonna do some kind of speech. And everybody's gonna stand around watching that. Uh, that could be crowded, I guess. But for the most part, if that's happening, just don't walk over there. Just walk somewhere else. There's a giant place. All right? So if it's not crowded, then What you're going to end up with is basically shot show which is booths with all these guns that are tied to the tables and then they're on those like little elastic e-strings so you can yank them and look at them but you're not going to walk away with them and then uh you know some kind of a peg or something that you shove the barrel into usually and then uh you know so you can look at everything and then if it's busy, what you end up with is waiting in line to touch anything. And as soon as you're touching something and put it down for a second, somebody else is touching it, which is annoying as hell. So that part of it is pretty annoying if it's busy because, yeah, you're seeing a bunch of stuff, but it's being ruined. It's like going to a movie and enjoying the movie, except you're not enjoying the movie because the person next to you is eating, like, crunchy popcorn with out of tinfoil or something. So, like, potato chips out of tinfoil super noisy and and just frustrating. So the uh, show can be bad, but I would say it's probably not going to be this year. So the worst that happens is it's bad like that, and then you're elbow to elbow. Uh, It was pretty crowded the year, the last year I went, which was the year Trump did his speech. Oh, so you've been there before. I don't need to explain to you what it's like. And if you've seen it when it's busy, then you know the worst that it could be. So you tell me, if uh, all of that, you're obviously not bending work over or trying to risk nothing to go. You're not that interested in going, I guess. Is Maggie saying you like the NRA because you got to hang out? Well, I guess I could click on because you got to hang out with everybody, and that aspect of NRA is great. Uh, I think that it would be cool. You know, we created the two A summit concept. I don't know if we ever actually ever had a two A summit more than a couple of people, but. The idea is that when we get together like those the NRA annual meetings, the um, USCCA thing, the TriggerCon is coming up. There's the Thunder on the Prairie event in uh, Nebraska that's coming up. There's other things. So when these organiz- when these events happen throughout the year, it would be cool to have people understand that all you got to do is schedule to be there another day and now everybody's there for the show everybody does whatever they're there to do and ideally the day after everybody sticks around and then on that day you get up or late right you're tired you get some brunch right breakfast lunch brunch you hang out the rest of the day hanging out maybe you do an errand or something but for the most part everybody gets together they talk about the event they were just at and they do all the things that you're not able to do and we talk about our when we're online right you do things you exchange things you literally do all the things that uh, you're not able to do when you're just online and then if we started doing that more often these events would take would have like another level of effectiveness another boost and then people who couldn't show up for the whole thing would be able to show up for the last day and the get-together day and then hopefully the people that are able and you know in a world where the industry doesn't pour a bunch of money into dumb shit like whats his face's suits that we were talking about a minute ago then those activists and people who we talking about really uh stick around for another day and maybe the organization was that me wait oh that's me i forgot i have velcro shoes on holy crap i'm gonna crap out of myself um you know maybe the industry that's there already anyway Invites those second amendment advocates to some sort of a 2 a range day or some shit and then give them a data just fart around and leave their cameras at home and just shoot and talk and tell the org the, the Industry about what's up and which directions they can go and how they could work together NSSF doesn't bring us together to work together. They bring us together to do business together and that's what their job is to make everybody's business facilitate everybody's business but the element of everybody's business is the retention of the right can you hear that when my velcro shoe starts making that noise it feels like uh or it sounds like i'm ripping my ankle off or something um you know it'd be cool to have an uh, an opportunity for everybody to get together and people do that at gun rights policy but the problem is well, it's not a problem, but what happens is when you only have one time to do that and 60% of the people like to drink, everybody's just drunk. Everybody's just standing there being drunk. Because so Maggie will tell you. Everybody just stands there having a good time, which is awesome. Go have a good time at gun rights policy. But then at these other ones, well, actually at all of them have a good time and then wake up in the morning, stay an extra day, and then have a day of collaboration and, and organizing, learning stuff. And then you also get that bonus Sunday night. The Saturday night is the bullshit, let's fake like we're having a good time, but we're actually doing business while we're hanging out at night. There's a whole bunch of those people. Sunday, you have the actual let's let our hair down and have a good time and just hang out and become friends with each other type of night. I know, makes a lot of sense, but all it takes is money. A bunch of people have to pay for that. So we can pay for people to go... Do other stupid things all the time, but uh, when it comes to something like that, to fluff up our activists, our, uh, the people that are spending all their own time and money to do stuff as a hobby that actually facilitates the, the ability of the whole industry to exist, you know, let's fluff those people up. How many people are there? You want me to list them? Let's go list them real quick. Just, just for the sake of doing this. If anybody wants to... Uh, make a list or I mean make a count go ahead and count now we're going to go over to man and we're going to go to resources and we're going to go to the gun rights lobby and we're going to go to 2a activists now I've got all the activists here from back in the day so we're not going to go to the old ones we're going to go to the new ones and let's take a look at who the industry should be paying to hang out together Uh, Jill is mom-at-arms. Yes. So one. Amy Swearer is a writer and a researcher. Yes. That guy from FUD or whatever, I guess so. Um, Lauren, yes. Edgar, yes. Ashley, I guess so. Um, Rachel Malone, yeah. Rebecca Schmoy, definitely. Sarah, I guess so. Gabby, come on. Come on, man. So how many are we up to? Is somebody keeping track? Charlie, yes. Uh, this guy, I guess so, if he shows up. Her, and then Maj, I don't know if he's still doing it. Kim, yes. Josh Prince, he's a lawyer, but I guess so. Uh, Jake, for dang sure. Judy Wells, if she would show up, yes. Brooke, come on. Holly, yes. Stephanie, I guess so. Teresa, yes. Cam, I guess so. Chris, yes. I don't know that guy anymore. Ohio, maybe. Uh, Philip Smith, I suppose. Julie, I guess so. Don, I guess so. Juliana, yes. Crump, I guess, yes. Alan Gura, hmm. Is he still around? I guess so. Kodre, same thing. I guess so, because we want their input, right? Robin, I need to set this up. There's no way these dudes are younger than Robin. So I need to redo this. Derek, yes. Tim, uh, Dan, I suppose. Right, that's the dude... Oh man, is that the guy from Gun California Radio? I got a bad cartoon of that one. Uh Beth, yes. Annette, if she shows up, yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh let's see. Rhonda. Holy crap, would be awesome to have Rhonda there. Michael, yes. And then this other Michael, that's two Michaels in a row. Yep. Shelley Hill. Yep. Uh Jeff, I suppose. Katie, definitely. I don't think Eric would show up. His kid would. Who why isn't his kid in here? If we didn't already hit him, yeah, his kid. Or no, wait, what am I thinking? That is the kid, so yeah. And, you know, how many people are in GOA now? The other guy and the other guy. So three people from GOA. Jim Irvine, of course. Steve Fullerford, I suppose. Paul, yeah. Tiffany, yep. Diana Mueller, come on. Tiny Simon, come on. Um, You'd have to bring Mike and Laura there just to get those points of view. Dave, the... Professor Yamane, yes. Cheryl Todd, come on. Kellyanne, holy shit, did you see Kellyanne's video today? It's for some fake news, but holy crap. It was a very good video. She's very good at getting the points across. If she is the result of what the DC Project are doing, this is what we're talking about. Let's get these people together. Rob, come on, I guess. Um, Craig, yes. Pincus, I suppose. Amanda and who else we got carrie Lightfoot, if she would show up yes um charles would not show up but yes rick would probably show up yes ken again if he would show up yes i doubt cop would show up lot i don't know if he'd show up but yes we're getting pretty old already philip he would definitely show up yes um oh, shit. I need to do something real quick. No, her name is Pat. So whoever the Pat lady is from VACDL, definitely. Um, who else we got? Who else we got? Wayne? Uh, no. How about Stephen Holbrook, though? Yes. Uh, Masada you Hell, if he would show up, that would be awesome. Um, who are we missing? Who are we missing? I doubt Alan would show up anymore getting pretty old we're getting pretty old oh did i say Rhonda Ezel? i think i said Rhonda already but definitely Rhonda. and how many was that did anybody count that's not that many it's not that many it's like what is there five in each of these that couldn't have been 27 30 i don't know is anybody counting so we're talking less than 50 people to stick around and give them a opportunity how many times we talking uh shot show nra show cc or az what's it called the uh uscca a couple of machine gun shoots that's five you know we're talking a couple of five times a year 50 people putting them up at a hotel and giving them a chance to hang out shoot the shit get to know each other become super strong united awesome that'd be pretty neat so uh Would that happen at NRA? I don't know. Is that happening at Train and Learn? Damn, that's exactly what's happening at Train and Learn. So Train and Learn, I don't know if I got on a tangent where, but whatever. So I'm tired because I just got back from doing some stuff, and that's why the show was late. So uh, Train and Learn is KD bringing a bunch of people together from the industry, such as gun shop owners and uh, people in training and that kind of thing. And then he's bringing that them together with, let's say that was the chocolate, and then the peanut butter is going to be the content creators and the marketing people, people that uh, do the electronics type of stuff these days, use the internet and the prints and the uh, radios, the podcasts, that kind of thing. Brings those people together, gives them an immersive environment for three days through the evenings. Gives them an opportunity to experience each other's skill sets, to train and learn from each other. And by bringing that particular group together, gives the people in the industry more awareness and ability to do their jobs, to get their information out there and be better at whatever they do. And at the same time, those people are getting trained by the content creators. The content creators are learning both directly and by being there, how to more effectively look like they're not idiots and awkward and weird and brand new when they're fiddling with their toys and tools. Uh lets them know what's up and how to it gives them a hands-on familiarization and orientation to firearms culture and operation that they can't get from users' manuals and watching other amateurs fiddle with things that they have no idea about. So, pretty cool event, and they give everybody hands on things that they don't get to tech- typically get a chance to fiddle with. Uh, night vision and some other stuff, that kind of thing. Again, this is an organiz- or an, an opportunity, an event that has engineered uh, collaboration, engineered networking time, so that people can wind down on the evening on Sunday and get to know the people they just experienced the um, intense training with. So uh, very cool uh, opportunities. And uh, I would definitely be going to train and learn if I had to pick one of these two. NRA is lame, I already mentioned that. NRA is gonna suck butts a lot of times. Well, it will suck butts this year because everybody that could, imagine if all the cameras and microphones and eyeballs and feet and you know, opportunities for t-shirts and hats. If all of those human beings were had to had been motivated by some entity to do something, and what if that something was as simple as what they did in 1977? Bring in an orange hat and put it on at whatever time. Let's say at four o'clock, they all put on an orange hat. That would be a dumb time to do it. How about at noon? They put on an orange hat. If you're gonna show up and you don't like Wayne LaPierre, bring an orange hat at noon put it on what would that show that would show a, the, the membership is has a unit united interest in organizations change of direction that would be very difficult for the board to ignore and all the naysayers would see that action can create results that could have that could have happened. That could have been something that any national level organization could have petitioned for. I'm going to go back and give credit where it's due. Tim, Military Arms Channel, attempted to do something similar to that years back. which I think it might have been, it had to be 16 or 17, something like that. 16, I don't remember. But it was, uh, he had everybody buy these shirts that said NRA, not real activists. And because he made everybody buy these shirts, it wasn't the same as just bring an orange hat you know, it was buy my shirts. And it's hard to know with some people what their motivation is. So we know that the result of that was about 30 people showed up. And that's not enough to change anybody's mind. It wasn't enough to buy shirts, you know, it wasn't enough to provide enough income to, to create the incentive to do it again, or for others to follow in the footsteps. So for good or word, for good or bad, you know, we haven't had anything since 1977 that I'm aware of that's been in a uh, 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 even an attempt to uh, let the board know through action. So what we got this weekend is the opportunity for that to happen and ain't going to happen. So going to the NRA show would be like, I don't know, going somewhere where you know they're spitting in the food and then ordering something to eat. It would be boring and lame. So uh, going to train and learn, on the other hand, would be a fairly intimate, I think it's less than 50 people show up, and I don't know if, what the ratio is. I forgot to ask. Did I ask KD what the ratio is, and I don't remember? I don't think I asked him that ratio of what the ratio between industry and content creators is. Maybe I did, and I can't remember what the answer was. Dang it. But um, I'm, let's just say it's 50-50. I don't know what it is, but I think it's somewhere by 50-50. The problem is I only know I only follow some people who go to the event, and if they go to the event and post, I see what their cameras saw, and if since they do break it up into two groups, if the people I know aren't taking pictures of people because they're not in that group, then I don't know who's in that other group, so I do have no idea who all went. They may have been posting pictures, and I just never saw them, but um, uh, all right, I'll go over here. Train and learn is obviously the right choice in the poll. I'm changing my vote. Great info. Oh, can you change your vote? I didn't know you can't. I can't vote in it because I own it. But, um, yeah, I think train and learn is a pretty decent event. And uh, looking forward to what the people who go get out of it. Now, here's the other thing. The reason, Another reason I like it is because not everybody that goes to it enjoys it. Some people go to it and hate it and don't like it anymore some people go to it and don't like some of the people at it but they're going to it and they're experiencing that anybody cannot like somebody because they told them so i can tell you about eight people that suck suck butts and they're they're stupid but uh you can just take my word for it that they suck or whatever or you can meet them and then you'd be like oh this person sucks butts and they have a stupid face and then you'd know right and then there you go so you can't know that sometimes until you go experience it and uh in this case, I don't think it was that many people. It was like two people, I guess. But uh, depending on who you are, depending on which side of the fence you're standing on, maybe it was a whole bunch of people who were a bunch of jerks. And there was just the two of you that were cool. So uh, in that case, um, I don't think it, that's, I'm picking an extreme example, but I think that uh, for the most part, you know, you could find somebody that you don't like their style. You don't like the look of their face or whatever. You don't like the way that they teach. You don't like you know, their emphasis on self-defense when or maybe emphasis on hunting or emphasis on quick uh, going quickly to the draw and taking time to aim versus you think it's more important to be correct in your draw so that you set yourself up for the perfect situation to aim and that it's more important to prepare yourself along the way so that you don't hurry up and get to where you're going and then find out that you forgot to do something along the way that you have to then go back and create extra time. So, you know, there's some things here that are issues that people think, oh, these people have some major issues. Sometimes it's just dumb stuff. Like I don't like the way you draw. I don't like the way you put four counts in your draw. I put five or I put three. I don't like the way you uh, use inside the weight bands or you allow people to appendix carry. There's all kinds of stupid things that people get fits at each other about. Some people in the medical realm, There's some issues there. People do and don't, Uh, let's say, quick clot. I don't like people learning how to do quick clot because it's a stupid thing to do in an urban environment. Uh, If you're out in the middle of nowhere and you're not going to see medical attention for days, okay, let's talk about quick clot. Some people are like, no, we use quick clot everywhere. Everybody knows how to deal with quick clot. This is the 2022. You can use quick clot in your nosebleed if you want. So, you know, those are two different, completely different uh, theories. And some people are never gonna ever appreciate the other person's uh, training in any way, shape or form, if they have a fundamental difference in something like that. Uh, people who allow appendix carry or not, there's people that will never talk to somebody again because of their opinion on appendix carry. And uh, yeah, there's there's that kind of thing. And you'll never know that unless you experience it by going someplace. Now I'm just making some of these up because I don't want to make it sound like it's just like, I don't like the way that guy's shirt looks or something. or I don't like the guy's personality or whatever. But uh, some of it's just that. But most of it, I think, is uh, I don't like the way this person does things. And I do things an important way this way. And it's direct, you know, with, with uh, you know, I do it precisely so that it's not like that. And this person literally does it the other way. So there's no way that we can ever work together. You know, there's, there's those situations out there. But working together in a training environment gives them the opportunity to at least figure out how to agree to uh, leave each other alone and not worry about the fact that some people are going to learn it. In fact, if you're like, let's say drawing and shooting from the hip without using your sights and aiming, that's how people first learned how to draw. Like that's the way people drew first. Then they added sights. And then a whole bunch of people say, you've got to bring a gun up to your eye level and shoot with sights. Otherwise, you're reckless. And other people say well you can be all the unreckless you want you're dead if you don't shoot them before they shoot you so some people are all about drawing and shooting before they even get their gun anywhere near where they can see the sights and there's nothing wrong with either ways because there's a whole bunch of people that are alive today because of people were able to pull out their gun and shoot without using the sights that's something that some people are never going to agree on ever like they're just never going to agree and some people will be like oh yeah You want to learn to shoot that way i don't shoot that way but here's the person to go to she knows how to shoot that way and then vice versa she'll go oh yeah i shoot this way but if you want to learn how to shoot that way i know the perfect person to go to will they ever appreciate each other's thing no because they literally shoot the other way all right that being said there's also assholes out there and some people just don't want to be around assholes all right with then so it looks like at this point we have five votes no other choices. Winning. Good. NRA is losing. Good. Come on, man. You know the thing. Didn't even get one vote. So that means it's all human beings out there. Somebody wants something for free? It's yours. Because that means there's no fakes out there. But it's only because Gunmetal and Smeggy are out there. Everybody else isn't out there, I guess. Oh, no. DJ's out there. And Wesley's out there. And... Wasn't there somebody else? Am I missing something I thought we were missing somebody. I'm missing you. Yeah, sorry. I don't see it on here. But... uh you know, so I rambled for like an hour about the NRA show and about KD's train and learn. And I have not been to train and learn, but I've been a fan of it for a couple of years now. And I don't know if I'd go or not. I think I would go, but I'd rather send people to it. I'd rather see people go who are at the beginning of their whole thing instead of in the middle of their whole thing. Um, as far as the NRA show, I don't know. I'm not interested in going. If it was in Phoenix again, I'd go because then I don't only have to drive to Phoenix. But uh, I'm not driving anywhere else for it. I know a lot of people go, and there is that aspect of hanging out with people. If I had all the time in the world and some money, I would go over there, hang out with everybody. And but look at the meetings, because that's really all I want to go see is the meetings, not the events. The meetings, uh, or the uh, annual events, and exhibits i don't care about the exhibits i want to go to see what those meetings are all about most of the meetings are behind closed doors however there are meetings that are member meetings where the board listens to what the members bring up and like say there was an opportunity in 2019 uh for a bunch of people to show up in the room where that was happening and instead of that while selfies were being taken and while you know handshakes were being made the uh room was sitting there with empty seats and instead of having a whole bunch of cameras that were there to observe and to record and document the show, I mean, the products that were there, uh, no one was documenting the fact that, you know, the attempt by a couple of individual members to insist that Wayne be removed uh, went mostly undocumented. There was some webcam from, like, surveillance cam-looking stuff from the uh, NRA, but, you know, conveniently edited and cut, assumingly, like, we don't know. Like, it was the NRA's video, not our video. So it would be cool to see some video from that room. We'll see if that happens this year. Uh, there's also the conceal Carry Fashion Show. Amanda Suffolk-Cool and Realize Firearm Something, uh, I think, is uh, puts on this uh, CCW Fashion Show. It was started by... Let's see if I can go back over here and find it. Mm, Probably not. It was started back in the day in New York and then eventually Amanda came along and started doing them. And she's been doing these fashion shows now since 12, I think, no, is it that long? Since 15, I don't know, for a long time. And does them occasionally, often at the NRA um, annual meetings and exhibits. And uh, she brings a bunch of people from the industry who get a kick out of it and they bring products up that are for concealed carry people. And I'm assuming made by companies that support Second Amendment activists as opposed to companies who could give a shit about Second Amendment advocates. Ab- advocates. And they all have a real good time from what I understand. Hopefully it'll be uh, videoed and shared because I mean, you know, most of us aren't going to be able to be there. And uh, that's an opportunity for, again, our activists to have some fun and to kick back. they got a reason to do it. To get, they have something that's a positive result from it, but it's not a uh, a pure, let's just fart around. You know, there's a little bit of job being done also. But that's what they're doing. They're getting some, uh, some work done. They're allowing uh, people who may have questions about the products to see what the products are like while they're farting around on the stage or, runway or whatever it's called and although it's not a super giant at least it's usually not a giant event it is uh enough that you know if they're farting around and giggling and laughing and bending over and doing whatever they're doing as they're just roughhousing and doing their stuff you you can kind of get an idea of how the holster is going to work probably more so than if it was just some kind of snooty fashion show marketing thing done by one of the manufacturers or something so it is a lot of fun, and it gets our activists together. So knowing that it's happening should make everyone feel better because our activists have done amazing work in the last few years, and it's opportunities like that that keep them motivated, I'm sure. Oh, let's see. Looking at maps of Bud's Gun Shop in Texas. Okay. Those 9 millimeter people, Smeggy, are not spoken of. They exist, and they're just unhappy, angry people, right? Petty. A lot of petty people that hold grudges, and they're being addictive. They're really angry all the time. So, you know, they snap at you if you ask them something. (laughs) (laughs) They'll say, you know, hey, can I help you? (laughs) (laughs) Can I offer you some assistance? (laughs) (laughs) They'll get all mad like that. They're kind of like a chihuahua, but also like a basset hound and like a cat. So mix all them together. Shave it make it really stink and then always angry, always angry. And also always fiddling with something because it's always jammed up on them or always broken or always somehow clogged or dirty. So they're always fiddling with it. They're always, you're always bothering them because they're trying to get the thing to work or they're trying to fix the thing again or whatever. They're trying to keep it together. I feel sorry for them, but you know what, one day, so what'll happen is they'll go to the store and they'll buy something decent. Like, can I buy some ammo? They'll they'll buy like nine boxes of nine, because that's kind of weird. They are right. But then they'll that eighth box is accidentally 45 ACP. And they don't realize because they don't pay attention, they don't really know numbers. They get at home, or maybe here's what happens: they learn math. They go, Oh, four plus five is nine. So they think forty-five is the same as nine. So they go to the store and they buy the nines. They get this extra box of 45, and then they're like, What? It doesn't fit in the hole. I don't know what to do. And then they go, and they got all kinds of money because these kids, you know, these kids, how it is. So they go to the store and they go, I bought the wrong ammo. It's four plus five, but instead of being nine, it's just some different ammo. So then the store owner gives them a decent gun. They buy it. They go home. They figure it out. They go, Oh, and they throw away that nine millimeter. Then they're regular again. Now they're normal. They're just shooting decent calibers, right? Not metric. Everybody's happy. World lightens up for them, and then uh, they quit hating guns. They quit hating life. They have a lot, a lot of fun. Future looks bright. Birds start to sing. Crickets shut up. It's, it's awesome for those people. See exactly, you can be friends with them because it's you, you. Remember that it, it It's always a fad. It's just a fad with some people. Like a lot of them guys that would are the kids that would put their eye shadow on put the hair all black, whatever that would uh, uh, last a uh, you know a couple of years and then they'd be out of it. that's what happens with nine. You shoot it you accidentally buy a box of decent ammo. you go to the store, buy another gun that's decent you put away the nine just like the, the weird shoes or the crazy belt that they bought. All right, I'm getting tired. So we're getting sloppy, and we're going to wrap it up. These shows are pretty awesome, but uh, they have to end at some point. So with that, we'll wrap this one up. And we do have two uh, things happening this weekend, the NRA show and the NOC train and learn. Let's go look at uh, Instagram real quick. It's the middle of the night. It's possible that some new posts have come in over on the Instagram from some of the people we're talking about. Let's find out. Maybe I should have just gone straight to one of their channels. Okay, so they're not posting anything there, but I think earlier they had posted, look at that. There's a picture of a bridge. They're probably not used to seeing bridges in Florida. And then, I think on their big channel, they also posted a picture. Tony? I don't know if Tony's posted any pictures. So, I don't have any pictures to show you. But hopefully, they'll both uh, stream something, meaning somebody from the NOC and somebody from NRA will stream something. So, we have something to check out. I will invite Clover and Tony to the Saturday show when we ask gun questions. There is a scavenger hunt this weekend. Since ask gun questions will be kind of short because I don't have any friends in there to chat with, it'll uh, be a slow show or a short show, I guess, uh, an abbreviated show. And uh, we'll do a second scavenger hunt, a Saturday scavenger hunt for the ta- actually it's a Saturday's tactical scavenger hunt. So you can go check out the uh, Patreon blog post, which explains all the different ways you can make points earn points for the Saturday show. And then hopefully I'll have somebody in there to uh, help co-host. i got to take up one Hopefully I'll have somebody in there to co-host and we will uh, see who wins the scavenger hunt. All kinds of po- uh, prizes and fun to be had. Uh, let's see, anything else? We've got uh, the weekly wrap up tomorrow, and I think I'm not missing anything. So, with that, we'll wrap this one up. Thanks again to Gunmetal Guy, to Wesley, to Smeggy, and DJ. And if I'm missing anybody else, those who showed up, have a great night. Uh, let's play this on the way up.
0: Thursday, Firearm Travel and the Gun Show Loophole Tour. On Thursday, we explore the gun shops, shows, and firearms museums we have visited. Since 2016, we have traveled over 60,000 miles through 29 states to visit over 200 gun shops and more than 30 firearms museums. We'll also take a look at 2A rallies and gun shows from all over the United States.
1: GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. Tonight's episode: Murder by the Numbers. Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, check out our Patreon
0: channel. The guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching. Gunwebsites.com